My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. This is the story of my life as I build my family business, learn about governance, dive into politics, figure out how to leave a legacy, and all the other adventures life has in store. You're listening to an Age of Jeremy side quest. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am trying to do, I'm going to do something a little bit new, something I usually uh, don't do. And uh, I'm just going to not have a really a scripted podcast. Um, it's going to be part of a series that I'm going to start doing uh, apart from the regular season. Um, and excuse me, I'm kind of having a little bit of a sinus uh, problems. I usually have it on the weekends for some reason. And I'm recording this on Saturday, May 2nd. So uh, I kind of wanted to just explain what I'm going to do with some of these side quests. Um, there'll be like partial seasons to them or different parts to them, but um, there's going to be a part of it where I'm just going to kind of get a little bit unscripted, mainly because I don't really get to talk a lot about the things that I believe or the things that I like or the things that I do and share a lot of my thoughts just in an unscripted manner. And I think this would be a great way to do it. It also might be a great way to do some podcast um, podcast interviews. I really am uh, interested in getting into that. So I, I don't want these to be uh, super long. So I'm going to do my best to kind of stay to some type of an outline of what I want to talk to on some of these. And then some of them probably will be scripted. That'll be apart from the traditional season, but the regular season that I'm doing and we're still part in part of season two. But with those seasons, I usually tend to script all of it. And um, that's just so I can have a good layout and it can be thoughtful um, and, and kind of like a reporting type of uh, atmosphere when I do them. And so so with this, this is kind of what I wanted to uh, kind of have an idea of uh, what to expect when you see these side quest episodes show up. And so the other thing, part about it too, is, you know, I'm, I'm really big into the zoom products. Um, not the zoom, uh, uh, I guess, uh, the zoom desktop, um, meeting, uh, application or software that I'm, I think is great. I use Microsoft teams or we use Microsoft teams. Um, but I'm talking about zoom, um, audio equipment. Um, they do a lot of field recorders. Um, I've been a fan of theirs uh, since I got their zoom H six. I don't get to utilize it as much because I don't set up enough time to go out and, and capture some, some audio and, and do some out in the field recording like I would like to. Um, but I recently got a zoom L eight and, uh, we've also been selling the zoom L eights through age of radio and uh, it has a great function that works amazing. I tested it last week where you can plug in a cell phone and it can do a separate track for the cell phone. So I'm kind of really excited about that. And so I kind of want to get into doing some interviews and, and, and utilizing that phone feature because it just works so well. Um, so, and, and then apart from that, I kind of want to talk, you know, one of the goals of my life is to get into a uh, governance, um, not only with nonprofits, but with, uh, pro for-profit companies and hopefully one day publicly traded companies. And then also too, I'm a big fan of, um, uh, the, the public sector. So I would like to be governor of the state of Arizona one day. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not ready for it yet. Haven't even delved into politics. And every time that I try to delve into politics, um, with our local democratic, um, our, so sorry, our local, um, um, Democrat, uh, 
sorry about that. That was the air kicking on. Um, so, uh, but every time that I try to get into the Democratic Party here in Arizona, something comes up. I can't d- develop, d- I guess, um, put enough time to it. And so that's one of the reasons uh, why I haven't really pushed for the politics piece. Also, too, I have to get, I work. As you know, I work for a large bank. Um, I'm, I deal with middle market businesses. So those are businesses that traditionally have anything. Uh, I would say traditionally a middle market business is twenty million to and up um, to probably a hundred million um, or to a even a high as enough to a billion. Maybe you might even consider that middle market. But um, I deal with clients that have above five million um, and up, and so most of my life evolves around business. But because I work for a publicly traded bank, um, I have to get their approval on a lot of stuff. And so if I were to run for like the 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 high school board here in Glendale, Arizona, for the um, Peoria, um, unified school district, um, to start getting in, into, uh, governance that way. And, and a little bit of running for a campaign, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a traditionally bipartisan, um, campaign, but you do have to campaign, uh, and you do have to, um, uh, get some votes to get on a publicly, uh, I'm sorry, on a, uh, unified, um, uh, high school district. And so I would have to get approval for that from the bank that I work for. And so essentially that's one of the things that kind of pushes me back off of it right now. Um, and then also we are in this coronavirus um, pandemic that's going on. So probably not the best time to start it right now. Um, but so in this podcast, I would like to interview people, get, you know, talk about politics a little bit, talk about what I can with finance and investing, because that's something that's dear um, to my heart with helping people um, with that. And um, and then talk a little bit about what's going on in my life and in the news. And so that's what these are really going to be about. Um, so I, I hope that they don't continue to run long and I'll try to cut stuff out just to kind of keep them within a, a good time, uh, a good time frame. I don't personally like podcasts that are over a half an hour. Um, uh, it's just a preference of mine. I think a half an hour is a really good podcast time, maybe up to 45 minutes. It's something that you can do during a commute. Um, it's content that you can consume, um, frequently and, and at one sitting usually. And so that's the reason why I like the podcast to be between 30 and 45 minutes, um, including commercials. Um, as best as we can. So I'll do my best to cut stuff out and edit it up. Um, but so the one thing that I did kind of want to start talking about today, just because it's, it's, I'm thinking it's on everybody's mind is the coronavirus and working from home and people not having jobs. And so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what my thoughts were on that. Um, and then some of the things that I've experienced working from home, also having a, a small business that is currently shut down. Um, I'm not as impacted as it is, is it is, is impacting my partner, um, John Vac. Vasquez, but um, I think that uh, uh, we actually were able to weather the storm a little bit better um, than some other businesses. Um, and I'll talk about that in a second. But l- let me first just talk a little bit about the coronavirus. So um, if I'm sure you're familiar with what the coronavirus is. I'm not going to go into that. Um, if, if you want to know more about the coronavirus and why it's important that we, we do, um, do wear the masks and that we do do social distancing and we do have lockdowns, there's a fantastic Netflix special in partnership with Vox Media um, from the Today Explained, I'm assuming because it's got explained in the name and the branding's all the same. Um, it's called Coronavirus Explained, and they do a really good job of explaining it. Um, and hopefully you'll you'll not uh, 
uh, you'll try to look for the facts that are involved in it. I know a lot of people right now are anti-news, um, especially if you're um, on the right-leaning side of the the political spectrum. Um, you, you don't believe the news. You don't believe the virus. You don't traditionally believe in the shutdown, um, and and rightly so. <laughs> I mean, as far as the shutdown goes, it's probably very. I'm very, very fortunate, um, and I'm very uh, lucky to be able to still have my my uh, regular career at the bank, um, along with my small businesses. You know, Age of Radio, which does bring in money, but money that I don't take from the businesses right now. I pay either the employees that work for us, um, or I um, put it back into the business um, <clears throat> to keep it growing. Um, but uh, but age of radio can, you know, exist without, with the whole world being shut down. In fact, it, if, if we can advertise properly, it might be even better that it is shut down because people will be inside living and listening, um, uh, to their podcasts. So, um, I think that, I think that having the, having the age of radio media, we're not really being inf- affected by that as much. Um, but with the fitness center, we've had to shut that down, but John did a fantastic job, um, pivoting. He's very good at pivoting and taking action. And he actually, move to an awful online platform. So we haven't lost as many of the members um, as that we have. And we're also releasing our own uh, 3T, um, uh, not our like our member login app, but a separate app that'll allow people to set it up at their house, work out, have um, have uh, workouts in, in the app, uh, lessons that you can learn and, and um, things of that nature. And that's supposed to be uh, launching here. Again, I mainly deal with a lot of the finance stuff. I would like to deal with more of the strategy stuff. Um, it's just a little bit difficult with our schedules, but that's something that I I'm really wanting to sit down with John and chat about um, and see how we can strategize a little bit more and be more cohesive. But that's on that's on me. That's not really on him. That's on me making the time for it and setting it up and and putting the plans together. That's really where my expertise is with with the strategy piece of it. Where John's really you know in you know great coach, great training, understands health, and and he's probably the hardest worker in in the world. Um, I've not really met a harder uh, a worker in my life. I thought that I was really intense worker. Um, and I am, uh, but John even takes that to, to another level. Um, so, so I can't imagine what a lot of these businesses are going through, um, with them having to lay off employees. That would be heartbreaking to me. Um, or if you were an employee that had to, to be let go, you know, I don't know what that would be like not having that, the, the money coming in. Um, I have been in really bad circumstances in the past, but the life that I have now is traditionally pretty, um, uh, I don't want to say luxurious. To me, it's luxurious. I don't, I don't ask for a lot. I just like saving money and trying to buy more assets and things of that nature. Um, but I'm very frugal when it comes to a lot of stuff. Um, and so I, I don't know. I can't. I can't even imagine what people are going through. And my heart and um, my thoughts go out to everybody um, uh, that that's dealing with this. Um, but at the same time, you know, I have conversations, and you know, my my mentality is that we need to stay inside. Um, we need to have shutdowns because the loss to the economy, if we let this spread um, as we get herd immunity, um, herd immunity is when the virus is spreading and it's allowed to spread between people essentially, and you get um, the people start getting an immunity to it. So then that immunity helps stop the spread of that virus because it stops with that that person essentially and and um, 
And then the, the, the longer that it goes, you know, it can take a couple of years, but then people start getting more immunity to it and then it kind of shrinks. And so unfortunately, because this spreads so fast and it, unfortunately, this is going to sound bad. It doesn't kill people as quickly as some of the other SARS, like the SARS outbreak um, from the early 2000s. It was deadly, Ebola, super deadly. So people got sick. They were deadly. They didn't carry it and give it to other people. And they, they, it was able to, to not spread as fast. Fast. But with this, because the, the the virus can hang in the air and stay on surfaces for so long, um, and people may, may have it and not even show any of the symptoms of it, um, it, it spreads really quickly. Um, so we can't rely on the fact that we get the virus and we're getting sick and, and we stay inside because we may have it and we may be going out and spreading it. That's why I'm a, a very big advocate of us not going out and staying on lockdown is shitty as it is for a lot of people. And, you know, I'm not going to blame people for voicing their opinion because above all, I, be, I believe the amendment, first amendment is the most important amendment for us to protect. I know a lot of people think that the second amendment um, I have my own thoughts on the Second Amendment, a lot, a little bit different than a lot of other people. Um, but the First Amendment is super important to me with the freedom of speech and the freedom of religion um, over anything else. And I will fight for that amendment till the day I die. Um, and and I will hopefully Age of Radio gives a voice to everybody. I don't care if someone doesn't have the same views as myself or some of the other hosts. Everybody has a right to be heard as long as, you know, they're not slandering other people as best, you know, to their ability or slandering them at all. But so if every so if if we are to there's a great podcast out there um, from Planet Money on um, how the the how much a, a worker's life is worth in value to the economy and essentially we can stay closed for over a year and it will be better for the economy with all of the loss of jobs the shrinkage in the economy than if we open up the economy back up and people die and in that that coronavirus explained documentary I haven't watched the whole thing yet but if you have a chance it's on netflix you know <clears throat> excuse me um you can on that on that documentary it talks about how there i forgot what virus it was but it was a similar virus where we had a shutdown in different places and when they opened it back up then the death toll rose again and so we're going to end up losing a lot of lives and i, I feel that we as a society need to be able to overcome some of these things. I'm a big advocate in, 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 in humankind. I am, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in creation. It's in, in Buddhism. So there is Buddhist cosmology. So I'm a Buddhist. I enjoy esoteric um, practices or mysticism practices. Um, but in Buddhism, the Buddha didn't really talk too much about cosmology. It wasn't really important to him. Um, and as well as creationism. And so, so in Buddhism, you usually don't have a lot of creationism talk and you really don't have a, a whole lot of cosmology talk. It's, it's more about how we're interconnected and how we work together and how and, and compassion and kindness for each other right and so to me i feel that we need to kind of get past some of these party differences of being able to work together and 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 work cohesively because you know this is now 
this is now a threat that threatens humankind. And it's not going to be the first virus and it's not going to be the last virus. There are going to be many more viruses, hopefully, uh, hopefully not as hopefully well, probably worse than this, just to be honest. Hopefully, you know, we can contain it. But if we're not taking a lot of these things seriously and working as a community, as 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 one race of people, then, you know, we're going to have a lot harder time when, as mankind as we, we continue to evolve and we continue to eventually have more space travel as we traditionally or eventually have more colonization on other planets or colonization on <clears throat> um, on on uh, moons or anything of that nature, right? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of businesses out there. We'll take Virgin Space or Virgin Galactic. Um, Virgin Galactic's really focusing on space, um, uh, space hospitality. So one day they would like to have you know different places around the 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 earth, right? That you could go and visit and there's a hotel there and you can be out in space, right? That's really great. And that's how we're going to go onto these other frontiers. And I know that a lot of that sounds strange, especially when people are sitting here starving on earth um, and people don't have jobs and they can't pay their rent and all this other stuff. But, but I, I think, I think if, if we are going to continue on as a, as a great society, then we are going to have to be able to to work together for some of these, these, um, against some of these things that are trying to take us out. Right. And, you know, one of the Steve Nye, the science guy, he, or I'm sorry, Bill Nye, the Steve Nye, Bill Nye, the science guy has a great podcast and he's part of, I forgot the name of his organization that he works for, or that he runs, but essentially, you know, there's always a possibility that an asteroid can come and hit us. Right. And we do not have anything in place above the earth to help protect against those asteroids. And, 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 you know, these are things that we need to be thinking about. And it's really hard to think about those things when a lot of us are in peril. Um, and hopefully the people that aren't really, you know, having difficulty with these things are the ones that are going out and trying to fight these things, like trying to find vaccinations for diseases that we don't have control over, trying to find new diseases that might start to spread, um, trying to figure out how to um, handle different biology when we are able to do space travel, protect the earth from asteroids, right? In in my opinion, I don't rely on God because I don't believe in God. Um, and I don't, I feel that other people shouldn't either. There's that whole saying that you, you know, for instance, I have diabetes, right? Um, a Canadian, I believe it was a woman, I think she's on one of their dollar, on one of their, the Canadian bills. Um, and I, I could be wrong about all this. So I apologize. I'm just, again, talking. Um, you know, she, she's the one that found the created insulin, you know, manufactured insulin for us to take. And people would say, oh, well, you know, she was able to do that because of God. She wasn't. She was able to do that because of science and because of her thinking and her focus and her research. That is what makes people amazing is their ability to create stuff and our ability to help other people. And eventually we'll die and other people will be here. And hopefully we leave a legacy with more and more children um, and they can have, you know, see greater things and do greater things and make this life enjoyable for other people. Those are the things that are important. You know, I recently read in, I think it was a Business Insider article, but Warren Buffett doesn't count his success on the amount of money he has, right? And he has a lot of it, um, or at least, at least worth a lot. I don't know how much actually cash he has, um, but but he measures it on the amount of people that like him or the amount of 
lives that he makes a difference in. And if we can learn to realize that, okay, this is it, right? We have this short span of time, maybe a hundred years if we're lucky, you know, maybe eight more, probably like 80 years, whatever, um, eight, 90 years. And, and if we can focus on and creating great lives for the, all of those people where they can, where their life wasn't in vain, then I think that we made much, a much better impact. And that's, that's my thought on the coronavirus. So for me, I'm staying inside as long as I can, because I get sick really easily just in general. Um, and I have type one diabetes. And so I'm sure that I've had it or I've carried it or, you know, I'm spreading it right. That's my mindset. And so, you know, we're very advocate around here. Plus this is my wife's biggest fear is, is a virus that can't be contained as an outbreak. So so it's 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 kind of normal for us anyway because she gets this way around flu season where we don't go outside. She I, I have to get vaccinated, <laughs> um, you know. So so it's not super different for a lot of for a lot of the things that we do here during flu season. Just because you know my wife is super super. That's like one of her. That's like her big top fear. And then she has one other fear that I won't talk about. My biggest fear is Alzheimer's. Um, but um. That's just because that, that just to be honest, scares the complete shit out of me not being able to, um, uh, to, uh, to be able to think and to remember stuff essentially, because that's where I enjoy most of my stuff, but I'll digress. You know, again, I wanted to keep these podcasts short and I'm here rambling. So maybe this will go an hour. I don't know. Um, but so with the COVID, I just encourage everybody just to stay inside, um, follow the CDC protocol. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if you need a job, I guess go be, try to be an essential, get an essential job, I suppose, um, and do everything that you can to stay safe. You know, um, uh, if you can, again, you know, we're very adamant about staying inside and wearing our masks and not going anywhere and it's rough. Um, but that leads me to the next thing. Some of the stuff that I've been doing while being stuck inside. So for me, I don't have I don't have, <clears throat> I still have my job, right? I work from home. I have my studio here. I have multiple monitors. It's literally exactly like I would work uh, at my office at a uh, downtown Phoenix. And so, so for me, my time's really the same, right? In fact, I technically have more time and I've been spending more of it working. So lately my bedtime actually has changed to more close to 3 a.m. because I just enjoy working and, and continuing on stuff. And we're taking, I'm taking on new projects for podcasting and I want to get my podcast out. And, you know, I'm trying to build a stronger team with Age of Radio. I'm trying to figure out what I, how, how to help more with 3T Fitness. And, and one of my biggest problems too, since I'm on this topic is, I'm very slow to react, right? So John Vasquez, my partner, and this is one of the reasons why we kind of balance each other out on the stuff that we tend to work on together is because he's very active and acts and acts and acts and acts and does and does and does. You know, I'm, I'm, I do, I can do that. Um, <clears throat> but I'm usually pretty slow to it. Like right now there is, um, uh, there's a, a we're, I'm trying to get Age of Radio, and I don't talk about this a lot, trying to get Age of Radio music group going where we're signing artists and and getting into record deals and signing um, artists and things like that. But, you know, with the, uh, it, with building my wife's office here for her working at home, I put that, you know, as, as October Rev Revolution, which is the lead company that owns all my companies for the most part. Um, it, it, I, I put that on that, the, the credit card for that so we could get the points and I could expense it that way. And so, so, you know, I'm trying to pay off the money for that office that we, we got her, um, or pay off the credit card for the office that we got her. And so I'm putting, you know, a couple hundred bucks towards that a week. And, um, 
and trying to pay that down where on the flip side, I need to get microphones to do some recording for the album that I'm trying to work on um, and, and to test how I want to distribute all this and how to set up the distribution and things like that. And then going and trying to find some local artists to, to sign and see how, how that piece works. And so for me, the acting piece would be, okay, well, I'm just going to charge this other money, but I, I try to manage a really tight balance sheet on um, most of the companies, right? Or on all the companies, because <laughs> that's really important, especially if we need lending later on down the road. So for me, that that pushes this time frame out because I want to pay off some of that other stuff so we can keep a good cash position and we can keep a good balance sheet position. And so so that's one of the reasons why it takes me a lot longer to do do some stuff. The other thing is I tend to get, because I, I, I take on too much stuff, I have a lot of people asking me to do stuff constantly. And so then that, that, that pushes that time aside and away from things. Where with John, he is very good at taking what needs to be done and just doing it and working through it. And, and even if more stuff comes, he just does it and pushes through it. Um, where me, sometimes I think too much also. Um, and then when certain things come, I reorganize, you know, what's important and, 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 and which is good. Both of these things are good, right? I, I'm not saying one, one is worse than the other. Um, it just, I think that that's one of the things that I've always struggled with is making, <laughs> getting these things pushed out quickly, you know, because we're, we're going to be doing Adobe Captivate and creating an e-learning system here with Age of Radio as well. And I traditionally wanted that done in March and now it's May and I still haven't completely started it. And, um, so that's one of the big things for the second quarter push. Um, but, but now that I'm at home and, you know, I'm able to still work and work more, um, I'm not doing a lot of the things that some other people may be able to do with their, the, the time that they have. You know, if I were in a place where I didn't have my job and I wasn't able to get an essential job, I would just spend all of my time learning. There is such a plethora of information on the internet. You know, I one of the things that I want to, to master before I die is computer programming. You know, I try to study it every week. Um, I've been trying to learn Java programming and Python programming, probably not the best to do both of them at the same time. Um, but that's just something that I think we should all have as skills. I don't necessarily think unless you're going to become an academic in computer science, I wouldn't recommend that type of thing as a degree personally. Um, but, uh, but I think it's a skill that all of us should have and all of us should, should know, um, especially as computers progress. And, and if you're an entrepreneur, if you have an entrepreneurial heart, you know, it would be beneficial you have that because that's how you can create new products and get new products to market with using those computer programming skills. So I would be spending all my time computer programming if I, I could, um, uh, because that's something that I really always wanted to learn and I can do a little bit, but I can't make program plus, you know, I don't want to spend a hundred thousand dollars on making a age of radio app when I can learn how to do Java programming or Kotlin programming with, with Android, um, studio and make my own app. And then I, I'm learning a skill and pushing it out and saving money. Right. You know, it just depends on how fast you want things to get to market. Um, if you, depending on how you're going to pay for it. Um, I guess I should also say maybe if I had a hundred thousand thousand dollars, maybe I would do it or being able to hire a head programmer for $50,000 a year. Maybe I would do it and I would have them doing it because I really want Age of Radio to have our own app. Um, I think we can out outperform some of these other other platforms uh, just because of the community that we're, we've been building. I think that people enjoy Age of Radio and they like it as a brand. And so I, I'm hoping that maybe one day we could, we could, uh, 
uh, I'm sorry, we can outperform those other applications. I know one day we're going to have an app. I've literally, everything that I've done in my business plan has come true so far. So um, make it sound like a wish. <laughs> That's what a plan does. You just follow it. Maybe not in the time frame that, that you'd like it to. But so that would be one of the things. The other thing that I would be doing is I would be exercising a lot more. I'm really big in general, just a big guy, <laughs> but I have gained some weight and it's always something I struggle with. And I talk about that a lot, but I would be studying yoga a lot more. I would be studying, um, more movement, uh, movement activities on it, um, has some great, uh, live, um, stuff for, for their, their, their maces and kettlebells and, and movement exercises. Um, along with 3T fitness, we have the, our app that's coming out and have online program, you know, online training essentially. And then, um, black swan yoga is another app that I have that I really like, um, to do yoga exercises and things like that. So I would probably be doing that. And then the other thing that I would do, I would study a lot, a lot of religious, uh, sutras or Buddhist sutras and things like that. Um, I would learn more Sanskrit, um, just to help with Buddhism or Japanese or Chinese. Um, those would be the main things that I would probably be spending time doing because those are the things that I, I enjoy a lot and I like learning about and writing about and thinking about. Uh, the other thing that I would do if I had free time and a lot of people might be against this, but, um, or maybe they'd be for it. I don't know. A lot of these people are saying with all this free time, learn new skills, learn all of this. Yeah. And you should be doing all of that. And I would probably, you know, continue to, you know, get certified in certain things. But again, programming would be my number one thing that I would be focusing on. The other thing that I would be really be focusing, I would play a shit load of video games. I was going to say all kinds of swear words. I would just, just play games. Um, if I could have my friends over, I would be playing Dungeons and Dragons every night. I would be playing, you know, my, my mom and I, we, uh, play uh, pinochle. Well, we played it a couple months, actually. Um, <laughs> we learned how to play it a couple of months ago and we never followed after that, but I would love to play some pinochle with people, um, learn some more card games. Um, I would play backgammon chess. I love chess. Um, I would play, you know, video games. I believe that gaming is super important in our lives. Um, more so I believe Dungeons and Dragons is, is super important. And the reason why I think that is because Dungeons and Dragons was created off of a strategy game that the military used to, um, role play certain situations or for war gaming. Okay. So in Dungeons and Dragons, it's traditionally thought of as geeks. I get that, whatever, but you take on this new role right? You, you have to think about, you have to solve puzzles. You have to work as a team. You have to converse with each other. You have to, um, strategize about stuff. Um, in the, in the editions that you have now, you can actually, well, you could do this before, but it's, there's actually a book for starting businesses now in Dungeons and Dragons. You can start your own business within the game. You know, you can do a lot of stuff that, that you wouldn't necessarily, um, have access to studying or practicing um, in other settings. And, and that's why Dungeons and Dragons is important as an overall game, right? It, it's also super fun, right? So I, I enjoy playing Dungeons and Dragons just in general because that's my type of game. I've been playing it since I was a child and I love it. But <clears throat> so I would be playing a crap ton of video games. And then I would get, get on some, get caught up on some final fantasy. In fact, I've been trying to put like a half hour in every other night and playing a little bit of final fantasy 15. That's not going to be enough time to beat it. in I don't know how long it would take, but, um, but I have been really interested in, in playing more games and getting more into role-playing. Um, and, and what we're going to do now is, um, 
Uh, one of the things that I've always thought would be good, I like secret societies and I, I really want to start a gaming society. Um, that's, that's like, um, a secret society type of thing where you have to meet certain requirements to be in. Um, you have to pay, it's going to cost a lot to be a part of the group. We'll have different clubs set up around the country where you can go and talk about games, design games, play games, hang out with people, talk, you know, just everything gaming. Gaming is just so fun in general. And I think it's something that a lot of people have a stigmatism towards, but you, you can learn a lot from gaming in general. Um, whether that's video games, board games, or whatever the case is, go chess, backgammon. Um, so I would spend a lot of time gaming. Um, I, I think that's really good for your skill set. Um, the other thing I would practice a solo martial art. Um, so one that comes to mind is Japanese sword drawing. Um, and uh, that would be, probably be the main one that I would be practicing right now because you can, there's a tutorial, it's probably better to have a teacher, but it's something that you don't really necessarily need another person there for because it's about drawing the sword and then putting the sword back in um, its sheath. And so when you do that, there's different movements that you can do um, with it. And then you, you you draw the blade and then you put it back. And so I would be, I would be practicing that nonstop if I had free time. Um, and again, the, I'm just talking about all the things that I wouldn't necessarily do and things that I believe are good for the person, um, as a whole. Um, but, uh, um, but the only thing that I've actually done for many of those things with this is just worked more um, and tried to play a little bit of Final Fantasy every once in a while. Um, and then we're going to start a, a group in World of Warcraft uh, where we're all pandas um, and play uh, from 9 to 11 on Saturdays. Uh, and I'm going to do that with my wife because we don't get to spend a lot of time together. So I'm going to try to do that with her. And it's just two hours out of the week. But um but anyway, so that's kind of my life, uh, uh, just working, uh, with this, with this, uh, pandemic going on. But, uh, some of the things that I think that can be beneficial is I try to shower every day. Um, I don't let that go. If I get up on time, cause I've been staying up super late, I try to dress just like I would go to the office. Um, and then I keep my planner. I'm really crazy when it comes to planning. Um, I have, I use Microsoft planner. Um, and then I also use, um, uh, uh, a Franklin Covey um, planner system for the seven habits. So I use paper planning. I use my Microsoft planner, uh, which is an, an app that you have to pay for um, through Microsoft Office. And then um, I use my Outlook a lot. Um, again, I'm a huge Microsoft person. Um, but so, so other than that, uh, as far as the tips that I would give for being inside, showering every day, making sure that you're planning, starting and stopping work is really important. You know, just have your regular work schedule. Don't let it bleed over. Um, and then exercising every day, which I need to do. Um, and then meditating every day. Um, uh, and I think that those will help with being, being stuck inside in this environment. Um, and again, this is just me talking and trying to get used to this type of, um, this type of podcasting rather than having the scripted. Um, the other thing too, I think it's interesting. Um, um, a lot of the, a lot of the, um, the, the right leaning, um, not right leaning people, just a lot of people in general, I'm just going to make it broad. A lot of the people that I know are very anti watching the news because it just fills you with fear. People are talking about fake news, um, a lot. And a lot of it is shitty. MSNBC is really shitty. Fox news is pretty shitty. Um, those are commentary channels. It's, they're not really news. Um, I personally like MSNBC because that's commentary that's, that I'm interested in. But as far as news goes, I wouldn't go to those for actual news sources. A lot of 
people traditionally look at CNN as fake news, that I just have a really hard problem with. Um, CNN own, is owned by AT&T, um, and um, CNN is always is pretty factual news. If if you don't, I mean, it's hard to say that because I'm not 100% positive that I can I can't say that yes, yeah, CNN is 100% factual, but I, I believe that they stand by the rules of journalism, and with those rules of journalism, presenting facts and checking your facts and fixing facts that you present wrong, I just I can't see that that CNN would be a like a non factual based place to get your news, at least for their like news updates and things like that. So, I mean, I just, um, I would spend time watching CNN. I like CNBC, but that's because of the stock market. So with CNBC, that's just stock market news. I think you should watch that. Um, but I, I, in Buddhism, you know, in the way that I was brought up, you want to see things for what they really are. Right. Um, especially in, in esoteric mystic, in esoteric, esotericism or esoteric mysticism, you know, because in the past I've, I've studied a lot of like the Torah, um, the tarot cards, um, a lot of, um, uh, things that people would consider satanic, like Aleister Crowley, the golden dawn, um, uh, uh, all of the astrology, things of that nature. Um, and so a lot of people would consider those satanic, but in all of those, what you're really trying to do, especially with ESO, with mysticism, you're trying to see things for what they really are. And that's how you can get to enlightenment when you can actually see things for what they are. And so to me, to me, I like learning about facts and, and seeing things that are real. I try not to let what I believe about something cloud the judgment of what is actually being presented to me. And so I feel that a lot of the time we have, we have these beliefs about something and because of those beliefs, it clouds what's actually taking place right in front of us. And that's what causes suffering. If, if we can't look at things for what they really are and understand them, that this is what's happening, then you, you are led to essentially being ignorant, right? And not, not in a negative, well, it is a negative word, but not in like saying you're ignorant or saying it in a de demeaning way. Ignorance is one of the three evils in, in Buddhism, right? And so we don't want that. We need to be opened up to things, right? And that goes for, that goes for, in my opinion, for everything, right? So I don't want to be ignorant to things. If there's these facts that are showing and I can learn about it and understand it, then I can move forward and I become closer to, to enlightenment, right? And so I think that a lot of the time we let these things cloud our, our, our beliefs. We let them cloud what's actually happening and it pushes us further back and, and not, uh, not allowing us to become enlightened and allowing us to be, be, you know, be involved, uh, be, uh, I guess allowed to evolve. Right. And so, but I also think that just sitting and watching the news all day, you're just going to see a bunch of shit. And if you're really worrisome and fearful, then, you know, it's going to probably increase your, your anxiety. Um, but uh, me personally, I don't watch news per se on the television. If I do watch something, it's traditionally CNN or, or um, CNBC, right? But what I'm a big fan of is newspapers. I know people think that newspapers are dying and they're going digital. That probably is true. Or I guess it is true because um, they are going digital and their, their subscriptions are going down. But I subscribe to the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, um, Stocks and Commodities, um, Chief Learning Officer. Um, I'm trying to pay for boards and directors. Um, but newspapers, uh, Wall Street Journal, even though it is a Fox company, um, 
or a Rupert Murdoch company, I guess, um, News Corp. It presents things, it presents facts and talks about them. Like there's an opinion section, right? Which is fun to listen to what other people's opinions are. But if you sit and thoughtfully read the newspaper, you can learn a lot about the world, right? You know, Warren Buffett, who makes his decisions based off of information, he doesn't even have a computer at his desk. He just reads newspapers. I think he uses a flip phone still. Right. And so he gets the information the way that he's always gotten the information and it's always been successful for him because in newspapers, you get a good, thoughtful context about about what is happening and you get good information about what is happening. And so I cannot stress reading the newspaper enough. Um, uh, I think everybody should have it. I personally like the, I, I like the financial times. It's just too expensive, um, to get here in the States. Um, so I, I settle for the wall street journal. Um, New York times can be very left leaning. I'm not going to deny that. Um, but, but, uh, I would say if you're going to read a newspaper, read the wall street journal, it's, it's, it's pretty good and thoughtful and it, it comes from a right leaning company, but it presents facts and talks about those facts and presents really good articles. Um, so so, I mean, I, I wouldn't stay away from news. I like the information and learning about it, and that's how we can make better decisions. Um, but, but, uh, but, <coughs> but I, I think that people should be more open to seeing what's going on in the world and trying to search for facts. Um, that being said, uh, the other thing that is going on right now, if you are reading the news, is the situation with Joe Biden. Um, I just kind of wanted to touch base on that because uh, I personally, um, and I hopefully this doesn't, you know, you kind of take politics out of context of, you know, being my friend and so forth. But I was huge for Elizabeth Warren. Um, I know a lot of people hate her. A lot of people, because I work for a bank, they got mad at me for that because of her stance on banks. And so um, I, I uh, think that she was much more thoughtful than the other candidates. I enjoy her books and, and stuff that she did on bankruptcy. Um, I really think her thought process on moving the country a little bit more towards socialism um, and or at least government, uh, at least the wealth tax piece of it. Um, I think that those, uh, I think that the, her con her thought processes were great, right? I don't know if she would be able to implement any of that stuff, but, um, or if people would a let her, or she would even be able to come up with a good plan that made sense to implement all of them, but she tended to have a plan. And it, I mean, it, it was a decent plan. I don't know how you would enact it. I'm not, um, they, I don't know how you would enact the wealth tax of, you know, the 2%, but I think that it could be very beneficial. Um, and, um, and, uh, I, I, I think that, uh, Bernie Sanders was way too far left for the country. Um, uh, not, not my personal opinion of it being too far left for me. I'm saying that in general, I think Bernie Sanders would have been too far left for, for the country. Um, I don't think we're there. I think the country as a whole is somewhere between centrist and progress slightly progressive is going to be where the country as a whole probably falls. I would say this though. I do find it fascinating, and hopefully I can get back on track after this thought. I do find it fascinating that so many children these days or teenagers are talking about the Communist Manifesto. Now, the Communist Manifesto is, is if you're not familiar with it, a writing that uh, Karl Marx and um, Engels, Engels, I can't remember his full name, um, 
Jeez, it escapes me right now. Oh, well. Um, Marx and Engels, they wrote a communist manifesto about how to revolt and start a revolution uh, to start a communist society. And so essentially what happened with Marx was that he was really happy about capitalism and he thought that it would usher in a new world right? About where the kings and the the aristocrats wouldn't be in charge of everything. And I guess I'm just paraphrasing, but wouldn't be in charge of everything. But then when capitalism ushered in, it, he saw that the employees were no different than the serfs. And so he took a, he took a critique of capitalism and he has, a, he was an, he was a philosopher and an economist. And in, in his economist, it's called capital. It's a critique of capital. Um, and it's three volumes and the stuff that he, the concepts that he lays out in that, I 100% for the, I 100% believe in, (coughs) I believe that what he presented based off of the theories of the time, which was labor theory of value, um, what he was presenting is very accurate, um, and probably could lead to a better society. Um, what I don't believe in is I don't like fascism and I don't like dictatorship. So when Lenin and um, Trotsky took over, took over Russia, um, they were pushing it in the right direction. Again, these, in my opinion, were still children, um, even though they were, you know, adults. They did a lot of stupid things. It doesn't make sense for all of us to be paid the same wage. It doesn't make sense for all us to be equal as far as like the equality of, not, I mean, it makes sense for all of us to be equal, but the equal pay across everything. I don't think that that, that was a smart move. Um, and most people traditionally don't. And, and it's not really talked about a lot. These were them trying to implement certain things. But the things that are talked about in Karl Marx's Capital, everybody should read. And we should have that as learning uh, alongside um, um, Keynes economics, which is what we partially use here in the United States, along with neoclassical or Austrian economics, is which is what we mainly teach and use in the United States. And I'm not saying that we need to have a big revolution and we need to overthrow the government and the capitalists and, you know, expropriate all the property and all that shit. But what I am saying is that capitalism cannot be the final all great saying thing that we all should focus on. The other problem is most people traditionally use capital and free market capitalism and free markets as synonyms. They are two very different things. And if people took the time to read Marx's economics, um, or capital, he goes into a great deal about the difference between free markets and what are problems with free markets and how it's differentiated from capital. But the problem is, is that because we associate communism as the opposite of capitalism, we traditionally don't have a good understanding of the meaning of communism in the society. And so we traditionally use communism as a, a government-ruled society, essentially. And that's not really what it is. Uh, and, and again, we're, we're going into this podcast, so obviously it'll probably be long, but I'm having fun talking. So I'm just going to keep talking. And if you listen, great. Um, so with, with communism though, a lot of it has to do with the people, the employees not having a, a share of the profit and B not having, not having say in who the, who who their board of directors are or having representation, right? So if the employees never own shares of the company for which they're working for, or large enough shares, or having shares with the same voting rights, they can't vote for 
the people that are in charge of the company who has a say of what happens to the profits. Okay. So, so right now for the bank that I work at, I have, you know, shares in the bank, right? I own part of the bank, right? Those shares are shares that I've purchased personally, though some of those shares were purchased via my uh, company and given an employee option sharing program or employee ownership sharing program, sorry. And then and then some of those were shares that um, I bought in my you know retirement plan. And so with those shares, I have votes. But I have such a small amount of shares, right, that even if I do have one vote per share, that my vote is not equal because of the amount of capital that I have, right? So if I had more capital or if I had more cash, I could essentially buy my shares, right? And assuming that there's only one class of shares with one class of voting rights, right? There, Unless I have money, I cannot have a say in the company that I work for, even if I have an employee option sharing program or if I am part owner, right? The idea would be is that a better idea, and this is my opinion, is that if you share the profits based off of their share of ownership, which is fair, right? If if they can continue to earn ownership based off of the company giving it to them through an employee sharing program, or they can buy it, or the time that they work for the company, they get more, whatever the case is, right? If they, they can share the profit that way, that's a fantastic way to share the profit in my mind, right? Because people do do different things for the company. It does not make sense for the teller to make as much as the CEO for the bank, right? In the bank context, right? But but should the gap between the CEO and the teller be so large? That's a completely different story. My personal opinion is no. I think you should put caps on how much those, those people can earn from the lowest person, right? So then if the CEO wants to make a million dollars a year and they want to raise that, then they also have to raise the amount of tellers so it all stays in proportion. That's how I think it should be. There are cooperatives that do it that way, and I think that they're very fabulously run, and I think that that's a better way to do it. But back to the voting portion. If we were to able to have equality and we wanted to have communism in the workplace or democracy in the workplace, right? We could give their profit based off of the shares, but then only have one voting right per person, right? And so if we were to vote on a board of directors, right, the people that are running the company, the people that have say and control of the company, then you can vote those people, one person, one vote. They vote for who the board of directors are going to be based off of the people that they're being presented with to vote for, just like with candidates, right? And then that allows the people to have a say in who's running the company, right? They can look at the people, they can see, okay, this person's a good person, this person's a bad person, you know, they could have a say in that, right? And and that's one great way to create communism in the workplace, right? And that's what we should be doing. Or or being able to have have the representation of the employees on the board of directors. And some people say that that's not good, but I can guarantee you that during these types of trials and crises and the stuff that employees learn and how smart that they are and what they're doing, they might have been able to give some insight on that board and they could have made better strategic decisions. And that's one of the things that I don't think that we we think a lot about or because we want we have this weird thing in America about control, right? It, it's so hard for us to come up, up, up this weird concept of control. But most people in general aren't trying to take from us 
right? You may think that because of the life that you have lived, but if you look at it as a whole, it, most people are trying to live their lives and they're trying to do good for other people, in my opinion, which is uh, usually traditionally a counter argument within Buddhism because in Buddhism, we're all evil and all vile. And in most religions, that's traditionally how it is. Um, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. And not all form, not all sects of Buddhism believe that. So I don't want to speak for all Buddhism, but, um, but I think that we're all trying to do good. And that's something that we could do to be better and make better companies. And to me, that's the type of communistic ideals that we need here in America. America is not the most free country. It's certainly not the smartest country. It's certainly not the best country. But in my opinion, it's the best country because I've never lived anywhere else. But just based off of numbers, there's lots of things that America does not do good. But one thing that I have seen um, that I have looked at that America does do great is we persevere better than anybody. And, and I feel that we could even be a stronger country, right, if we allow these other concepts to be implemented within the, the country. And But all it, take, it, all it has to do is people need to be educated on it. Most people that start small businesses, they start LLCs, which I don't believe, I believe everything should be a corporation and the corporation should own LLCs. Um, but, but let's just say they have their one small business and they do it as an LLC to reduce liability, right? But but, you know, they're just going out there trying to get money, right? Because that's what we think about as businesses. We don't, it, it, small businesses for the most part, they don't think about all the other stakeholders that are involved with it. They don't traditionally think about the community that they're impacting, the things that they use from the community to make their small business work. You know, they don't, you know, they they tend to have a better understanding of their employees and wanting their employees to continue to work. Um, but traditionally, they don't they don't seem to, to build their businesses very strong or to have good strategic purposes of their business, right? Some of them just like making their $100,000, $200,000 a year, um, and they're happy with that and they're content with it. But I think that they could be doing even better, um, learning about more uh, governance. You know, governance, I think, is really important. And when I think of governance, and not only do I think about public companies and small business companies, we also think about, you know, our cities and our, you know, our mayors or governors, our governors or governors, right? And and I think that if we could, if we can govern things better um, and have more people involved with that decision-making process and more diversity in it, then we can make better companies and better cities and better states. Um, but but back to the back to the kids. A lot of these kids they're they're very adamant about the communist manifesto these days. And I would urge all of them to really read Capital. It takes a long time. Um, it takes a lot of work. It's not super hard. There's some great tutorials online um, that allow you to that teach it to you a little bit better while you read it. Um, and I would encourage you to do that because it shouldn't just be about the communist manifesto. The communist manifesto were the things that Angles and Marx are trying to to revolt against um, with their their ideologies in their time, and some of that doesn't make sense today, right? Um, and and we can't have a, we we should never have a forced society, right? Society should always be democratic, and communism allows for a really good democratic process if it's properly put into place. Um, and capitalism was supposed to, but for some reason it just ended up the capitalist. Like, take take Zuckerberg for instance. You know, I think that this happened really, really early on with Facebook, right? And and some of these tech companies. So these tech companies, they make so much money, right? They they have all these backings from these these funds, or these um, hedge funds and uh, venture capitalists, right? And so when when Facebook went public, they have 
different classes of stock. So even though Mark Zuckerberg, well, so Mark Zuckerberg owns most of the stock, if I'm not mistaken. And then he also has, not only because of that, he has more voting rights than the regular stock that the other people have. So he can maintain this consistent control of the company. Um, and some people think that's good. I think that that's bad. Um, I think that, I think that it should be, it should be broken out between everybody when it comes to the stuff that, that goes on with the voting, right? Um, there's lots of things that people vote on in, in companies. (laughs) Um, traditionally when you, you do a vote, you do a proxy. Um, and that, in that proxy statement, it talks about everything that's going to be voted on. And then the, the shareholders vote on, vote on those things. And then if they pass, they get put into place just like you would have in any other type of governance. That type of, that type of system is fantastic, right? That's how our system should be. We should have voting. It should be, you know, what most people want is what should happen. But because we have this concept of control and we don't want to lose our companies and our businesses through these types of voting things, which you can, there's things that you can do within personal and family companies and, 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 and private businesses that will stop that from happening. Um, but, uh, but one of those things is getting that vote. So that means that if Mark Zuckerberg votes and he has a few other people that agree with him, then they can control everything that happens within Facebook. And again, this is just me talking off the top of my head. It may be different now. There might be more rules that are involved with it. So I don't want you to look at this, but I'm using this as an example of, of keeping control of the company by having more votes per per share that you would have in, in, in the stock of that company. So, you know, that's just something, you know, I, I would encourage people to kind of think about, um, and, and also to, to the people that are, are, cause we're moving towards this communistic and socialist and democratic socialism concepts. I would say, take the time to read capital, take the time to read the communist manifesto, take the time to read Lenin, uh, um, Trotsky, um, and, and, and a lot of those, those thought leaders, if you can get your hands on, um, um, uh, if you can get your hands on any Mao works, those are really good. Um, or any communist leader thought leadership from China. Um, Jap- Japan has communist party that has house seats. Um, the last time that I looked, they have a great communist party with lots of, of things, but don't, don't just stop there to go and read about the Republican, the, the right leaning, leaning stuff. You know, you might have more ideologies that follow with that. And what's great about that is we all have these ideologies. We understand where the other ideologies are coming from, and then we can make a better decisions about it. And we don't have to be this, I'm going to vote blue for blue. I'm going to vote red for red. I'm going to vote communism for communism. We can look and see where we want our country to go and what's going to, what's going to make the biggest impact. And I think that that's kind of where more of where we need to be, because again, it's trying to see everything for what it is. And if we can see everything for what it is, then we can, we can actually we can actually make better decisions because we're seeing things as they are. And when we can see things as they are, then we know exactly what we're doing. Um, so again, I'm coming up on an hour here, so I appreciate you staying with me. If you decided to listen, listen to all of this, um, again, um, maybe I'll make this outline a little bit more structured, but in the future, so it's just not me rambling. Um, but I've never done a podcast like this, so I just kind of wanted to do one just to, to, for fun, just to kind of talk about my thoughts and see what's going on. Um, and uh, I'm sure I got off topic. I know at some point I was talking a little bit about Joe Biden and kind of kind of changed topic there. I guess what I was going to say with that is, you know, don't just a lot of people are saying vote blue to vote blue. Um, if you believe that the other party 
can offer you something, you know, vote for what you, what your ideologies believe and what you think can, can focus on me personally, most of what Joe, other than this uh, sexual harassment thing that's going on, you know, he's not my first pick. He's actually not even in my top picks. I was actually kind of against Joe Biden being the candidate for the democratic party. Um, but we'll see what actually happens when debates happen. And, um, and we can go from there. I'm definitely not a fan of the other, the, the president, um, of the United States, um, wasn't a fan of him prior, wasn't a fan of him when he was a Democrat. I wasn't a fan of his when he ran for president the last time. Um, but, um, I think that, uh, I think that if that's what the people want and that's what the people vote for, we need to make sure that their voices are heard. And then that's what, what, what happens. Um, but hopefully we can look and see where we can make America better. And actually one more point before I leave, before I, I go, you know, I want to reiterate, if you really want to make a change in your, in your country, in, in the government, where you live, then get involved with local politics. They are so much more meaningful because they're what's taking effect where you live right? As opposed to a national. In, in general, right? America's about the states have the right to make their own laws and to, to govern themselves, right? So to, to be honest, a lot of the, the stuff that happens at the national level doesn't super affect us as much as we think it does. It, it would be much better to focus on local politics and what's going on in your city and your state and getting involved that way. And that way you'll see a better change. The other thing about that is, is if you can create more, if you're blue or red or whatever, green, yellow, if whatever color you choose for, for your political standing, if you go and work more locally and more involved, you can make a lot of those decisions and change some of the colors within your local house, within your local Senate, within your governorship, your county positions, things like that. And then eventually those things will, 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 will bleed over into the, the house uh, and Senate um, from the country level, right? For the bill makers for the country. So it's just something to think about to get more involved with politics in your local area. Politics are super important. <laughs> I don't, I don't try, I try not to, to push my super, my opinion on them. The one thing I will always fight for is the first amendment, um, over any, I mean, all, lots of the amendments are great, but I'm it, how people are with the second amendment. That's how I'm with the first amendment for freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Um, because that's what the reason why we came over here because we were persecuted, um, from the British. And so I think that, um, um, I think just kind of remembering, uh, um, uh, I guess the point is, is that if you're, if you're involved locally, you can make better change than if you're just focusing on the national level. And it sucks because a lot of local newspapers have died out a lot. There's not a lot of local representation for politics. It's not as strong as it used to be. Um, and that's because we have access to the national level. So we focus all of our time on that. You know, a, a, we're moving to this time where, you know, governors used to be the main people that were becoming presidents. And then we now we're moving into a lot of these people that are house representative, house of representative members and Senate members that are running for, you know, a president where they've never actually governed, they've only written laws. And so that's something that we need to think about on how we're picking who's going to be our president on what it means to actually govern as opposed to what it means to just, you know, make laws. But because of the way that the, 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 uh, the technology has changed. We have a different access to different things now. And so it's really important that we, we think about that. Um, and, and kind of maybe these aren't the best people to be president. That's something to think about as well. Um, but anyways, just a lot of stuff to think about. I hope you, uh, enjoyed my ranting. Um, uh, maybe put this on as some background noise if you're working from home and, um, I will talk to you guys next time. Enjoy. 
If you want to see more of what's going on or check out my writings via blog posts, articles, and essays, then make sure to follow me on LinkedIn at Jeremy Quintanilla, Facebook at Age of Jeremy, Instagram at Age of Jeremy, Twitter at Age of Jeremy Q, and TikTok at Age of Jeremy. Hope to see you there. Enjoy. Enjoy.